It's been a long time, and we've got tons to talk about, but there's just too much to have a single topic of discussion. Who knows where this conversation will, will take us? It's been a long time, but get ready for another in-between episode. This Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. And then sitting across from me in the loneliness of cyberspace is Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready to just have a nice little chit chat? I am. Let's have a little fireside chat. Warm ourselves with the neon glow of Twitch. Yes, that's that makes everything much better because um, Lord knows... Uh, you don't want to sit outside and have a nice little fire. Uh, you want to sit in front of the internet and have it that way. And in fact, yes. so much so, all of my TVs have a fire app installed on them. <laughs> I've got a fire app on. Uh, I got a fire stick, but I don't have fire on every TV. It's it's like every entertainment station has something different. I use Xbox at one, then I have a fire stick on another. I have a Roku on a different one. So I'm kind of disjointed. But we'll, hey, we'll see. I'm talking about I have a fake fire log. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> the um I always like to put it on during uh holidays, even on my TV that is directly above my fireplace. So that's cool. Yeah, we did that for a while when we didn't have a fireplace. That was fun. <laughs> uh, it's, it's I mean, admittedly it's not quite the same, but it'll do. Just like our podcast. It'll do. Yes. Mhm. <laughs> So, so bro, Preston. it's been a hot minute since we've gotten together, and yep. um, I wanted to say sorry for uh, your loss, and that was the reason we couldn't have uh, the show, but um, everything good over with you? Yeah, I felt so bad because, um, <laughs> so, you know, I found out on a Thursday night, and that, that's when it happened, and so I was like, for a while, I was like, well, should I go? You know, luckily, I had just started vacation. And so I was like, okay, uh, I guess I'll go. Um, I had planned on having my kids for like four days. And then I was like, well, I guess I talked to their mom and was like, like, hey, do you mind if I drop them off? You know, so-and-so died. And she was like, yeah, that's cool. Don't worry about it. And so I was like, okay, I'll go. And I'm just going to go. Surely it'll be fairly quick and I'll be back by Tuesday. And that was my plan. And so uh, I get down there and then they're like, oh, yeah, the funeral's not until Thursday. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I'm, I'm sitting there like, well, what do I do? Like, you know, theoretically, I, I was supposed to be back by work by um, by them, by that Thursday. And, or, I don't know, by someday. I was supposed to have been back at work by, by that Tuesday, Wednesday, I think it was. And so I was like, well, I guess, uh, you know, I'll talk uh, to some people and see if I can get some shifts covered. And then I got everything worked out. And, uh was able to do it, but I felt terrible about not being able to do the show. And I was like, well, maybe there's a way I could probably do some kind of live stream or something, you know, but uh, instead Our you, dozens you of listeners can, <laughs> uh, can wait patiently uh, and let you grieve. So uh, I'm glad we're back tonight though, man. And, you know, we were kind of racking our brains for a while, even before last episode, before we were supposed to have last episode for like, what can we talk about? Cause we had a really solid stream of like, um, you know, we had the summertime series, we mm -hmm. had the back to school, 
And, you know, the, the point of our show is like we talk about stuff from the past, but because it is relevant once again, like right. there's a certain thing coming back into pop culture or back into the news or whatever to jar us. And yeah, there's stuff in the news, but like, I don't know, we didn't feel like there was something great going on um, to tie it. And we had some requests and we've actually had a, a while since we've done it. So that's why you guys are getting to listen to an in-between episode where we just kind of um, talk about a variety of topics without a centralized theme, um, catch up, and but are still able to go back and dig and have some flashback fun. So um, if you haven't been watching us lately or checking us out, we've actually been doing some in-between episode stuff on Twitch. Mm -hmm. um, and then I try to share those on social media. But um, you and I most recently played some pinball. Yes, we did. Um, you know... There are there are times that we do different things, right? So like because I was out due to the funeral, you did a special stream uh, where you're <laughs> doing some VHS stuff. Uh, you know, there have been times that, you know, you've told me, hey, let you know so you can post on on social. But, you know, sometimes and we'll talk about it a little bit later in this episode, but I was streaming some Kid Chameleon and stuff like that because I figured if I got to play it, I might as well stream it, you know, and, mm -hmm. and so um, and stuff like that. So. Um, but recently, uh, you know, we've done some pinball machines, at, uh, some pinball machine streams at your house. And then mm -hmm. we wound up doing um, one at my house uh, because uh, I had a, a new game um, that we were able to play on. And so we were able to play on uh, my TMNT game. So, um, yeah, we were that was, hyping that thing up for a while. Yes. Well, you know, I was super excited up. about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I know. But we, yeah, the, the shipping date kept on getting pushed back and pushed back. And so. Yeah, um, you finally got it in late July, and then I, you and um, you and Paige were able to play it and, and stream it for the channel earlier. But it was just earlier this week that that I got to get my hands on it. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, man, you picked a winner. You know, for like mm -hmm. buying a new inbox game, it has a great theme, it has great art, it has great gameplay, and it's one of those pinballs where, like, even though it's super expensive, like it's uh, bang for your buck as far as the model that you got. You got a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that does really cool things and it flows really well. So good job, man. Thanks. I, I like to try to get something that is, um, that is something like the last new in box I bought was a Star Trek Pro model. And I feel like that one was very similar and like it really wasn't missing anything special that the premium and the premium or the LE had, um, and other, like that mattered to gameplay and it was still like a really fully featured game and so you know there was when we were doing the pinball stream you asked if i had been keep, keeping up with the avengers and that game is not a game like that like that game is missing some very important stuff and i like i wouldn't be able to buy the pro for that because there's mm -hmm. like a certain ramp that you're missing and you know some some different things like that and so uh, i would want to definitely have the ability to have that stuff. So getting a good pro, um, because I don't think, I mean, gosh, if turtles wasn't something in, big enough to push me over to a premium or LE model, I don't <laughs> think anything is. So no, no, I, nothing is Elvira was, was like a dream theme for me, um, to get brand new. And then they didn't even offer a pro. They only offered the premier or LE. And I was like, I'm just not paying that much money for a pinball machine. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So anyway, well, the 
cool thing about that game is I, I got uh, an SD card uh, in the mail today because somebody has gone in and changed all the animations that are in the game with actual clips from the 1987 cartoon series. Gnarly. And so um, I've got to go in there because uh, basically, um, let's see. So I think the audio is low enough on this. The, oh, let me turn it on a little bit. So, um, so basically, there are certain parts of the game where the the person that made this mod uh, said that they couldn't um, they couldn't find a clip or whatever that really matched it, and so there are certain parts where they he kept left in the old animations, or sometimes he tried to pick something that was close enough to what was going on, and so. Um, I want to see. I want to get into the file and see if I can cha- change out the the clips that he used because I have every episode of the show on my Plex server, and so there are certain ones where I've watched this video that is playing that shows off all the different clips that were changed and that kind of thing. And um, there are certain ones where I'm like, hmm, like I I can they, think they of something use that would this. Better. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I want to I want to see if it's easy enough for me to do that. That's the, really cool, man. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a really, really cool mod. I know that people have done a lot of customization to pinball machines before where um, even they have the sound effects from movies instead of whatever janky sound effects were added by the company. Yeah. So, But having the actual cartoon itself for Turtles, man, that's that's great. I, I but I will say, cool. mm-hmm. I, sorry to interrupt, but no, I will say ahead. that they did a really solid job of animations. So yes. like, mm-hmm. if you didn't have this mod... It still looks great. It's it's top notch animations. Um, it's the classic style. It's just not original clips. What which this is so right, and the um, you know it's not unheard of for Stern to use the actual clips. I'm not like I'm sort kind of surprised they didn't use the actual clips because you know they did it with Batman. Um, and so uh, there must have been some kind of licensing deal that that they didn't want to make. Uh, but the um, the person that made this. Uh, I don't know if it's the same person, somebody, or if it was somebody else that added to it, but they also, there is a version of this that changes all the audio also. And so like they added, they put back in the original theme song because Nickelodeon has changed the theme song at some point. And so that's why everything you see now has a slightly different theme song than what the original one was. And, um, there, they also added the ninja rap and at some point, uh, I think during like multi balls or <laughs> no. something like that. And so, uh, but oh, I'm going to keep the original goodness. audio or the audio from the game that it came with and just, just do the video change to it. So. Well, that's cool, man. Well, yeah, well, we'll have to, uh, keep testing it out and, and playing it. And I hope man, um, that soon you can get that Bram Stoker's Dracula fix. So I can come back up there and we can have a, a Halloween themed, um, Twitch session. Mm-hmm. That'll that'll give me uh, a good incentive to get it fixed soon because um, it's been messed up for a while. And I've tried to get a couple people to come up here and work on it. Uh, I tempted one with um, with brats and it didn't work. And then and, and I was gonna pay him too, but I was like, hey, I'll also make you brats. And so uh, that didn't work. And then uh, I talked to somebody else about doing it, and they were like, kind of iffy on it. So. Um, I don't. The guy that used to work on all the machines in the in our area, uh, I need to reach out to him because I feel like he stopped doing it, but I'm not 100 percent on that. And so, look, if someone listening to this podcast <laughs> happens to be a pinball and arcade technician, 
move to Atlanta and let yourself be known and yeah. you will not be hurting for work because there is not one around here and there are tons of people that need people need someone to come fix their stuff. Yeah. I would say it's surprising. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say it'd be surprising that it is surprising to me that there's not really a lot of them up here. Um, but you know, with the way arcades work in the state of Georgia, uh, it's, it's, it's cost prohibitive, I guess. I mean, surely, well, I guess it's a different skill set. There's a Chuck E. Cheese not too far away. And so you would think, I guess they're always hiring for technicians though. I always see that. And I'm always like, Hmm, maybe, maybe I want to work at Chuck E. Cheese working on games. It'd be a nice skill set to learn. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds, that sounds interesting, but, uh, not, that's something I want to do day in and day out. Yeah. Well, that is the thing that uh, I have been most extremely excited about. And like I said, I'm going to do it tonight. And so next time you, you come over, you'll be able to see the awesome mod. Cool. I can't wait. Um, so like I said, this is a wide ranging episode. We're going to be pinballing huh, all over the place. <laughs> um, so I got a question from a friend of mine who actually started out as a, uh, a podcast that I listened to, but we became friends offline and have hit each up over social media. And so I wanna give a, a shout out to my friend, IC Robots. That's what he goes by, and that's the name of his show and his, his social media handles. Um, IC Robots has a great podcast that he's been doing for years. It started out as a Toys R Us report where he'd go to Toys R Us and, and talk about um, the different toys he finds and, and picks up. But it's morphed and transitioned over the years. He, on his most recent episode, he kind of went through like the transition. He's just a very unique guy, um, great storyteller, and just he he does a solo show, which I think is like I'm in awe of people who can do a solo podcast and make it entertaining. <laughs> but anyway, his most recent show is the Stuck at Home show, which he started for reasons we all know because we're all stuck at home. Um, he's putting out some positive vibes and telling some great stories. If you like GI Joe talk, if you like just random like dumpster diving even he, he's he's your guy but anyway we were talking and i was um telling about some stuff i'm doing and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh later at the end of this episode but he asked me specifically he's like you do a lot um <laughs> i'd love to hear about how you set up a convention you know how you get guests how you do all that other stuff he just says that's really interesting to him and I've talked a little bit about this on the show before, and people who know me know about it. So I'm not going to go too in-depth, but basically uh, I thought I'd talk a little bit about how I got started doing convention planning. And um, because uh, one of the things we'll talk about is because I wasn't able to do convention this year, so I'm bummed about that. But um, So the very first thing that I would say is that the reason I started a convention was because of kind of what we mentioned in the conversation previously. Like Brian was looking for an arcade repair tech and there's not an arcade repair tech anywhere. I was looking for a convention to go to, to attend for stuff that I love, which at that time was specifically arcade and pinball machines, right? I was a huge collector of that. I had been in the forums for a long time. Um, I had, uh, had a podcast about the topic for a long time. So I was kind of like ingrained in this and I was just super duper duper bummed that there wasn't anything within like an eight hour drive, literally of my house uh, or my city that I could go to. So that was the impetus for it. But, um, I will say that 
I don't do things blindly. I do have a lot of faith in things, but you know, I do a lot of research. Um, one of my biggest things of research is going to attend other conventions. And so I have been to Dragon Con for, uh, I think 17 years now in a row and they are a world-class convention. So you can learn a lot of things from them. Go visit other conventions um, that are doing the topic that you like. So I had attended other pinball conventions. But basically, I found some like-minded people that I had met through another club that I started called the Atlanta Pinball League, plus my very, very best friends, um, two of whom I happen to work with. So um, we, you know, we got together and said, hey, all or nothing, we have this much money at the time we were all willing to gamble two thousand dollars each to say we have this much money to start a convention and if it fails and we lose that money it's enough where we don't feel bad about it and it would would have been a fun experiment you you did do a like a dry run though didn't you with um the pen swap well so that wasn't that was like a I don't know that I would consider that a dry run. That wasn't us, really. Um, oh. That was someone independent of us. But the name kind of sprouted from there because the my other friend, Paul, and I, from the Atlanta Pinball League, this is not someone who started the convention <clears> with us, <throat> but we hosted a pinball tournament at this like flea market type swap deal, which was the first in our town. So that kind of proved that there was a demand, I would say. Mm. And then it's also where I called it the Southern Fried Pinball Tournament, which then turned into the Southern Fried um, Game Room Expo and now the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we did that. And then we also did a Kickstarter. Um, Kickstarter is a pain in the butt, but we were able to, to get some crowdfunding going to supplement what we were willing to throw down. Then you just go to different venues and, and call them and see how much they charge and you, uh, how it works. This is getting super nitty gritty. I promise I won't talk much longer. But um, how most conventions work when they're in a hotel or uh, especially when they're in a hotel, rather, is you commit to a guaranteed number of room nights. So you have a flat fee for the event space. Sometimes it's free with a guaranteed number of room night attendees. Um, but, you know, it, it, it could be a mix. You pay for some, you get a discount, whatever. But basically, they're hoping that you fill up as many rooms in their hotel, um, and then they're willing to give you the space for whatever set uh, amount you agree on. So our first, let's see, our first year, we had to agree to 100 room nights, and this scared us to death. So this is not 100 people. This was 100 room nights, meaning a Friday is a room night and a Saturday is a room night. So really only 50 people. But still, we were like, oh my gosh, because if you don't meet those minimums, guess who has to foot the bill for the rooms you didn't meet? You do. So that's where that, that money cushion comes in. So that's that's how it kind of all started. Do you um, think, real quick, so with that first hotel, it was still like, I mean, it's, it's in Atlanta, right? But yeah. the location is not as good as where the current hotel is. Do you right. think that that worked for or against you with the hotel rooms? Because you have to think like people, I I would think that people coming from out of town, 
would feel better about staying at that specific hotel because there mm-hmm. wasn't really a bunch of stuff around it, whereas the new one has hotels all around it. Yeah, it, well, the the new one has more convention space and mm-hmm. is more in demand, and so is, yes. it's it's higher cost, which is why mm-hmm. we weren't there in the first place. Right. You know, because they can segment it, so you could have like just this ballroom and be that be your whole convention. Um, but this was kind of like the entry level hotel, and it's actually where a lot of Atlanta conventions kind of mm-hmm. started. The um, a toy convention has been there, a Harry Potter convention has been there, a Doctor Who convention started there. So they had a lot of experience with conventions, but also the price was right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was the the key. Um, but for our convention specifically, power was an issue too. So it was also a hotel that could have power. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing that, uh, I, I wrote an article. So um, I see robots, if you are listening to this and other people who are interested in convention planning, I wrote an article back when I was writing for Geek Dad um, and I may have shared it elsewhere. And it's basically, um, I will have to come back with you with the title of that article, but it's basically <laughs> 10 things you need, 10 things you need to know about starting your own convention. Um, so search for me by geek dad and you can probably find that. And I give you like, I, I, I talk about making sure you have your, your, um, legalese covered, you know, all kinds of stuff that you probably didn't think about. So check that out and it gives you a little bit more background about my event and then some things you can do to start your own convention. So I highly encourage everyone to think about it, but definitely do a lot of research before you commit. So yeah. it's kind of like, kind of like starting a restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. not everyone goes off, uh, well. And I, I, the thing with starting a convention also, you know, you talked about how multiple conventions started at that specific hotel and, you know, the last one I went to at that very first hotel was the Atlanta comic book or the Atlanta comic convention. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a good example of something that it doesn't have to be too crazy overboard. You get some vendors going and that kind of thing. So, um, and, and, you know, like you said, the hotel work with you to give you the space needed, you know, they use less space than, than the second year of Southern fried. And so, um, it's just interesting to see uh, different conventions in the same space and like how people utilize that space too. And so if you get the opportunity, if you're thinking about starting a convention, uh, you know, Preston said, go and go to other conventions that are similar to it, but also go to conventions that are being held in the same hotel. If you have the opportunity, because it's interesting to see how people lay things out a certain way and how that, how, what you want to do would, you know, compare to it. So. True. One last thing, and then we're ending this segment because I can just drone on about convention planning forever. <laughs> but uh, Mr. Blick in our chat here, uh, he's an attendee to our convention. Shout out mm-hmm. to, to Mr. Blick. Thanks for your comments and thanks for coming all those years. Um, he's really excited about some of the stuff we do, particularly the wrestling he called out in our chat. But mm-hmm. um, so thinking of him, though, it reminds me of the most important point of your convention planning is, yes, you can be independently wealthy and just say, I'm going to have a convention. But really to do it right, you have to be ingrained in the community. Mm-hmm. And that's not to pat myself on the back, but I had spent years uh, as a podcast host cultivating the local Atlanta area collectors. I started a, an email list. I started a forum, going to people's houses. I started this pinball league. So I knew people and I knew at the bare minimum that I could count on my fingers and toes, people that would pay to attend. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had like a baseline and I knew that people 
had trust in me and knew me that I was a good guy and our friends were good people who could put this on together. And so we could use our collective contacts to get that core group of fans. And then once you have those fans, it's just broadcasting that further out through marketing and so forth. And then friends telling friends and every year it's just gotten bigger. So, um, that's the, that's the biggest thing I could say that I think a lot of people do wrong is they say, Oh, well, I'm going to start this, you know, toy convention, but they are basement dwellers who don't have any friends and they put up the world's crappiest Kickstarter site and they get laughed off the stage and they don't ever have one. It's because you got to put in the time and energy authentically and not mm -hmm. just like to, you know, to smarmily get the way you want, but authentically be a nice person, go out and meet nice people and form a community and expand on that community. And that community is still thriving today. I, again, I'm not patting myself on the back, but with that Atlanta pinball league community, I can look to so many other things that have come out of that through the friendships, not my friendships necessarily, but friends that met each other there that have done other things. And, and mm -hmm. there's people who their entire businesses and livelihoods are based on stuff that kind of formed out of, out of this community. So that's it. I'll get off my soapbox. Um, one final shout out to IC Robots. You can follow him on Twitter at IC Robots and check out his show. It's uh, the Stuck at Home show currently, and it is a great time for nostalgia enthusiasts and just really great guy. And I hope you're doing well out there in California, man. Don't let those fires get you down. All right. Well, I think that, um, you know, you said you can go on and on about talking about it, but Hey, it is a super interesting thing, and so um, I think that you should write a book about it, and then uh, you'll, you'll you'll be good to go. Um, but you know, we talked about Southern Fried and different expos. I talked about the Comic Con Convention Expo. It's something that I want to see. You know, there are some comic books and stuff that that get sold at Southern Fried, but something that I have super gotten into recently, all because of an ad, uh, is Animation Legends. And I, and I saw um, Does10 in the chat. I was talking to him about it the other day, and I showed him some stuff. I showed you some – did I show it to you the other night? You showed it to me, but what's funny is I had already seen it because I was getting targeted Facebook ads for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's so funny because I don't use Facebook. I don't – like it's, I use Instagram, and I have an Oculus, so technically I'm in the Facebook family. Uh, but um, – so I can't imagine if I was on Facebook also, I'd be getting – hit with all these ads all the time but man it seemed like such a scam and i'm going to preface this because i'm kind of i'm going to uh i'm super excited about it so i'm going to go a little hardcore on like being like hey you should get in on this <laughs> but this is um, an investment opportunity let me tell you about my pyramid scheme <laughs> you know to now to be fair i have done research but that research has really consisted of me on YouTube typing is animation legends legit and then Googling is animation legends legit. And so far I have not seen anyone say it's a scam. <laughs> so, um, You're like Sherlock that, Holmes over there, bro. <laughs> the thing that, that is like a red flag to me is you do get a certificate of authenticity, but it's from animation legends. Right. And uh, so that means nothing. Uh, and then the other red flag is that these animation cells are so cheap. Um, and, you know, there's different levels that you can get in on and there's different types of cells that you can get in on. And the ones that I got in on, um, I went ahead and bought a three pack uh, just because everybody seems so excited about them. Um, but I got a three pack from the Street Fighter um, 
cartoon that was on USA back in like 96 or something like that. I didn't even remember they made that until I saw their website. Yeah. So the, um, I, I figured, you know, there are other ones like masters of the universe and, and that kind of thing. But um, they sold out of like all the regular cells, I guess. And right now they're selling really big ones. And so it's like $180 or whatever. And I was like, hey, maybe I'll get to that point. But right now I just want to test the waters and just 20 bucks. For 20 bucks, I get three cells. But here, um, here are some examples of cells that people have gotten from, uh, from their different things. Because you don't pick the cells that you want, right? So yeah, it's a you, random grab bag. But they guarantee, yeah. I saw, they guarantee based on the number of cells you get in your package, they guarantee a certain number of what they call A cells, which show a main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, I think the three pack that I got, like you're guaranteed at least one. And man, like I know this is not Street Fighter, but man, if I got this like giant <laughs> Sonic, like there's like a, a cell that is basically Sonic's face while he's running and it takes up almost the whole cell. Like that would be awesome if it was like Blanca, like, like spinning or really I want like an M Bison, like doing something cool, but we'll have to see what I get. Apparently they did a Mortal Kombat cartoon uh, cells and I missed out on that because I would have gone crazy over that. So uh, th- this one's great. It's uh, He-Man, and he's like holding on to something or swinging on something. See, uh, the, these are the kind. Of, I have a feeling that this is the kind of cell you're gonna get. Like, mm-hmm. it's great right now because it's cheesy. That's actually not a very good pose, and there's no reference to what's in the background or what's happening in the scene, and it's like just kind of awkward. But yes. but it's the main character. Yes. So I, I have a feeling that these will be the type of of <laughs> of ones that you'll get for three for twenty. I'm fine. But with it. I don't think it's a scam. I I think. I think basically they probably just came into a whole like warehouse of these things. Mm-hmm. And you know how many cells it takes to animate one minute of footage. Right. I mean, hundreds. Mm-hmm. So they're probably just trying to, yeah, they could sell these for a lot if they sat on them, but they're just doing volume sales to just clear right. out the warehouse and get money fast. So, um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a legit. Yeah. And I'm actually intrigued by, you know, by some of them. So check out this list. So, you know the um i you you just saw some from sonic my little ponytails and uh masters of the universe but they have star right now you can buy star wars ewoks star wars droids the adventures of sonic the hedgehog street fighter the animated series he-man masters of the universe but it's large cells right now care about care bears my little ponytails gi joe resolute which i never saw it, apparently new-ish. that's recent yeah um street sharks where on earth is Carmen San Diego? The new Fat Albert show and Back to the Future. And man, like just in that pack, I would love some from Back to the Future because I love that cartoon and I was reading the comics at the time that that cartoon was on. It was the same art style. Um, I would probably go with some Care, Bear- Care Bears also uh, because for some reason it's really hard for me to say that. And uh, But man, I loved Care Bears as a kid. That and when you got the Care Bear Cousins coming on. Um, I would even be okay with my little ponytails. And if I really like these, I could see myself getting some of these Masters of the Universe large sales, large cells, because it's stuff like I've seen multiple ones where it's like a, a cell of He-Man climbing a rope. <laughs> so, uh-huh. But it's like huge. It's like it's like this big. And so, um, you know, you talked about getting main characters full body, but they're in a weird position. I think mm-hmm. that's fine, especially with Street Fighter, because the way I want 
you know, I'm uh, whenever I'm excited about something, I daydream a lot about it. Like, Ooh, what I'm going to do when this thing happens, you know? And so um, what I'm going to do is hopefully I get something that works with this, but I'm going to like, you know, find just some like, depending on what the, what this frame is, uh, you know, have like a cool background. If there's two of them, like maybe there's like a close up of like, like Chun-Li and then like Guile far away, like, and they're on different parts of the cell. Like I can like layer them or whatever, you know, like I just got cool ideas for these cells. I can't, I hope they're good. Cause you know, uh, maybe I'll, I'll do them on a stream or something like that. Like, open well, and then you can also take some watercolor paper and do like a little cool watercolor design give yourself your own background that's not from the show but it helps bring mm -hmm. color and get them framed and stuff but yeah they've, they've got some great deals you can do like a 10 pack for i don't know what 50 bucks for some of these things who knows i'm making up numbers but check it's out like animationlegends.com to see all this stuff and then brian i don't know did you see did you click on their upcoming shows list uh, I have at some point, I, I know Captain N is coming back, which I'm super excited for because I want a big mother brain face. Okay. So th this is what I'm excited for. So even if you don't like the ones that Brian listed as options for you to pick up today, check out animationlegends.com and, um, check back with them because here are some of the, ta uh, of the cartoon animation cells they'll be selling in the future. I don't know when, but in the future, back to the future, 1991. Batman the Animated Series. Yes. Beavis and Butthead. Beetlejuice. Yes. Black Star. Mm. Brave Star. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Camp Candy. Captain Caveman. Yes. Uh, my gosh. Let me go through some more here. Real Ghostbusters, 1986. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, there's My Pet Monster. I mean, there's tons of stuff coming down the pipeline. So Smurfs. Anyway. I could go on and on, but, ooh, and then the last one on the list, X-Men, 1992. So uh, that definitely looks intriguing to me. I'm considering, I'm going to look what you get. Yeah. You're the guinea pig. Mm -hmm. And then I'm considering doing some bulk buys and then selling some of these in my Antiques booth stall. Mm. Yeah, the, right? um, I, like, they add, they add new shows each month, so maybe that list is like the next year or whatever, you know, laid out. But, uh, but yeah, if you, the cool thing is if you buy from them, um, you get signed up immediately. Cause like right after I hit buy, I got a text from them and you get signed up to be notified first when, like when things are going to go live. And so you can get in on the show that you want to get in on. So some of them sell oh, yeah. out so fast. Uh, does 10 on our stream. He's asking specifically. Yes, in the future they promise to have earthworm gem cells. Nineteen ninety six. Check it out. I love that. In fact, I have an earthworm gem VHS tape right here. So <laughs> I don't know. They made the VHS tape. I oh, get it's so on good. That. Cool. Yeah, well, that's great, man. Uh, I think everybody should check it out. And they must have just kind of started off because they are advertising heavy right now. Mm -hmm. It's on everywhere. So get in before all the good cells are gone. Speaking about things being gone. Um, change a topic here. I was a little bummed. You know, we, we're all adjusting to the COVID situation. We're accepting defeat where we have to. Things are not the way they normally are. My kids um, are back in school. Um, they're being very safe. Their school requires masks. They do temperature checks every morning when you drop them off. Um, all kinds of safety measures, social distancing. But one thing they have canceled because of the pandemic is they will not be doing the Scholastic Book Fair. 
so I was super bummed to hear that because that was always a high point for um, for our kids and um, and basically and and us too. Sometimes when they mm-hmm. were little, we'd go check it out with them. But there is um, the bright side of the coin because they went and went back to old school method of book ordering with the old pull out paper order forms from childhood. And I guess these have been going on for, for a long time, but most of the times you don't see them because you just do the book fair. But my daughter got in an old scholastic tab order form. So um, this one has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight on the back pages of book goodness. And uh, Brian, why don't you throw up uh, uh, the, the image there? I took a picture of it, put it on my social media. Um, there's the, the front cover. Brian, did you grow up um, ordering books from the Scholastic Book Fair? Yeah, the um, I yes. So I did get books at the at the book fair, but I also feel like I mainly just went to the book fair in the library and bought things. I, like I remember. The main thing I remember these like take home things for, uh, honestly, was like the Christmas things, you know, like the wrapping paper and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we probably, I probably had these these uh, pages also to order stuff. So, uh, go back to me real quick. The um, what I remember from this from childhood is you would you know get sent this home, and then your mom would fill it out and then you'd take it in and then you'd forget about it. You know, kids brains are like goldfish. They just forget. Mm -hmm. Um, and so magically you'd come back from lunch one day or you'd come to school one morning and sitting on your desk would be the stack of books with your little return order form, like checked off of what you ordered. And it was so much fun to just have such a surprise of all this stuff coming to you. Um, and I, my mom was a huge proponent of reading, and I can't guarantee that I read every book that I ordered, but I certainly <laughs> wanted every book that I ordered. So I had a ton of these things. This is where I got a lot of my Choose Your Own Adventure books. This is mm-hmm. where I got um, a lot of the Apple paperbacks, the Dell mm-hmm. paperbacks, Bonicula. I, I, I still have, in fact, my oldest daughter is reading my box set of um, Indian in the Cupboard that uh, I eventually got. Like, I, I was buying them individually, and then they came out with the box set, so I got that also. Bro, you like Indian in the Cupboard? The author came to my school and talked oh, really? about it, and I got my book signed by Lynn Reed Banks. Yep. That's awesome. Fourth I had grade. A, I had a mime. <laughs> <laughs> this is not planned to talk about. What famous people have come to your school? We've we've talked about this before. We have, uh, yeah. Uh, I had Hillary Rodham Clinton uh, okay. come to my school uh, undercover for the NAACP, but way before I ever went to school at that school. Uh, but outside of that, the only other person I ever had come to my I school meant was while a mime. You're at school. Yeah, a mime. I had a mime come, <laughs> and he taught us how to moonwalk in place because he he kind of like hated how famous Michael Jackson was for moonwalking because apparently mimes have been doing it for years and so he showed us how to do it in place like while you're like oh look at this and stuff like that so oh my gosh yeah so I had Lynn Reed Banks I had uh, Eudora Welty I had um, Richard Simmons we talked about him I think Mm -hmm. and I had NSYNC so 
I had a lot of famous folks come to my 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 school. Um, I think you've already shown it already, Brian. But um, one thing I specifically want to talk about from this this particular scholastic one is that I'm so thrilled to see that they are once again promoting spooky, scary um, books to order mm -hmm. for Halloween time. And there's some great stuff on here. Um, there's a Goosebumps variation. There's some creepy, like, doll-looking thing called The Collected. There's a Stranger Things spinoff. Um, but they also have the original, original art cover to all of the scary stories to tell in the dark. More scary as the stories to tell in the dark. And um, they also have a light-up creepy skeleton hand to go with all your stuff. Go back to me. I'll, I'll zoom in on it. Oh, let me just go straight to you. I was, I'll try to zoom it, but... Nope. Uh, right. Here you go. There we go. Look at that. Wouldn't you want that creepy skeleton hand to read your books by? That's so awesome. <laughs> what anyway. is it to do? Like like to, to have it like tracing the words with your finger instead of doing it with your own? No, because if you put it down, then mm. you won't see the light. So... It's like a back scratcher that you can also <laughs> read by. Anyway, so that's cool. I'm glad to know that those are still going out. If you have some scholastic book memories, shoot us an email and tell us all about it. Yeah, I love, I love, you know, like when I was a kid, I read all the time. And so, you know, somebody, uh, uh, Mar Marble says that uh, book fair was a school themed holiday. And that is true, man. There's nothing better than being able to like go uh, like, Oh, we're stopping class now so that you can go shopping in the library. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. And I, I feel like as time progressed, Oh, one thing I didn't talk about, I'll talk about in a second. One thing uh, that time progressed, I feel like they got more and more like tchotchkes at the book fairs mm -hmm. and, and in that catalogs too. Like I, Early on, I thought it was just like mostly books, but then they're like, oh, we can make a lot of money selling mm -hmm. kids like pencil holders. And I think I got a bunch of those Garfield posters mm -hmm. uh, as a kid from the book fair, not the order. Like a form. hang in there. <laughs> yeah. But they also had those specific like mm -hmm. motivational posters, like the little kitten that says, hang in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that came from. What I did want to talk about, and I forgot to mention, is the other side of this is from a teacher's perspective. So I used to be a, t a teacher, and when I started teaching school, I taught fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. And so I got to be on the other, other side of this, and I got to see behind the curtain. And basically, whether or not your school does the book fair, Scholastic just like blankets every school mailbox with these things. Mm. And um, the incentive is is not necessarily money for the school. The book fair is money for the school at large, mm -hmm. but the individual pamphlets, that is um, incentives for your classroom teacher to get books for her classroom. So at a certain dollar amount that is ordered from your kids, you get to select a certain dollar amount of books to receive for your classroom. Hmm. So it was pretty fun because, you know, Granted, I wasn't reading them, but it was still a flashback for me when I was out of college and teaching school, and I got to go look through these Scholastic Book Fair um, pamphlets and pick out and order books for my class. I felt like I was a kid again. Um, and then they came in, and you get to sort them out and put them in your classroom. Did you ever pad your numbers and like buy a book for each kid in the class and be like, you know what? They're just not reading the good stuff. Let me just add uh, add this to it. 
Uh, shout out, I'm an evangelist for Scholastic. They're great. Yes, they make a lot of money, but they're also great for encouraging literacy in kids. Um, they offered, um, I did do that, but th- because they offered um, bundle packs, mm. so you could get a specific book that they were doing a promotion of for the month. Like they had like a smaller selection uh, that the teacher would just see. It wasn't in the, the kids' classroom guides, but in the teacher book, you could get like a 10 pack of Maniac McGee or a 10 pack mm. of freckle juice or whatever for like five bucks. So you order, uh, you know, however many you need for a super duper discount and you can just give each other, give, give one to the kids. I, and I gave kids, um, Christmas gifts that way. Yeah. A- my teacher is an alien. I used to always get those books at the book fair. Bruce Coville, son. He does it right. <laughs> I still have them some somewhere. They're probably in my bookshelf. All right. All right so that's him. all I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, n- let's get rid of the the nerdy book stuff and let's talk about yeah. something awesome that, that you yeah. recently purchased. Let's talk about something awesome like G.I. <laughs> Joe classified figures <laughs> and vintage mask things and all kinds of fun stuff. So I just thought I would mention that I don't buy new toys. But yet here I am holding two brand new new toys because I just couldn't resist. I was a G.I. Joe fan for so long and darn it if Hasbro didn't put out the coolest stinking action figures um, that are of the classic G.I. Joe characters but in a brand new, highly molded, highly articulate um, way. So I um, the last new toy I bought we talked about on the show was the real Ghostbusters Mm -hmm. that they re-released. And I got those because those look just exactly like the release from 1987 or whatever. Right. But these, they just look so cool. And then because I was, I had gotten that little itch of the thrill of the hunt from the Ghostbusters figures to where Mm -hmm. I was, you know, searching out a Walmart or searching out a target to see if I could find them whenever I had to go. And you know, when you, most of the time they weren't there. And then when you did find something, you were like, yes, score. So I got a little bit of that taste. And then I saw these. And I went specifically looking for one character. I went looking for Beachhead, who is mm-hmm. the boss man. And um, I can never find him, never find him, never find him. But I went into a GameStop of all places the other day. And they had those two guys. And I was honestly shocked they still had uh, – a snake eyes because he's like the most popular gi joe character so i couldn't pass him up plus i hadn't found any other releases anywhere like i hadn't seen a single one on the shelves in a couple of months of looking so i had to get both cobra sorry both uh destro and snake eyes but i'm on the hunt for beachhead still so shout out to gi joe classified but it wanted me I, i thought about this because one i bought him but also this past week was the habro pulse stuff are you familiar mm-hmm. with the Habro Hasbro Pulse? No, but uh, I someone was talking to me about it, and the number of things, the number. All right, so there's there's two things to this. The number of things that they talked about releasing is ridiculous, but also, you know, last, I think it was our last in between show. We talked about Toy Fair. That's how long ago it was, and. Um, I was like, hey, New York Comic Con is starting in a week or whatever. So 
awesome. I bet there's a bunch of stuff that is going to be related to that. And the only toy stuff that I could find online, well, I guess on YouTube, was Pops. And I was just like, man, this is crazy to me. Like, I would think that people would be talking about awesome comic stuff. But, you know, just all Pops. And so, uh, but this Hasbro thing, I did not see it myself. I just heard 80-something things that they're releasing. So... Yeah, so they're releasing exclusives. They're they were debuting like Target exclusives and things. So, this is you know, basically Hasbro's finally recognized the that this is the adult market, mm-hmm. and they're catering to those people with exclusives, and they're doing limited runs of stuff so they can sell out their stock and make Bukoodles money. People are all kinds of pissed off that they can't access this stuff, and I get it because I'm really bummed that I can't find my beachhead on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that most of them are gone because of douche knockers who just want to sell and flip and make like five bucks a figure or something ridiculous, which is like, come on, dude, five bucks. Anyway, um, you know, it's a strategy and it's obviously working for them. And if it wasn't, we wouldn't be getting these cool figures. So be thankful that it's working some way. I'm sorry you can't find the figures. I'm myself and bummed too, but at least they're out there. Um, but uh, yeah, so what what are your th- listeners, viewers, what are your thoughts about Hasbro Pulse? Are you out excited about anything they released? Um, are you mad at their business model? Are you a player hater? <laughs> or are you are a big fan? Let us know. <laughs> it, it's like shoes now. Like like the whole thing with buying buying these figures, these action figures and stuff. It's just like like the shoe craze. Like it's so hard to get that stuff. Um, so did you watch it, the Hasbro Pulse thing? No, I just kind of followed along on Twitter because I, okay. I really, like, I'm not, I want my beachhead and that's about the only figure I want, so I'm not interested in buying anything else. But I saw people posting it and, and sharing pictures and they do look cool. They got like a Zartans coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also announced a bunch of other stuff, which I, other properties besides mm-hmm. G.I. Joe, but I don't remember those because I have limited brain space. So it was in one ear and out the other. Did they show off the Cobra Commander helmet? Mm-mm. I'm torn I mean, on it. Maybe I don't know. It, I didn't see. It. It's like um, I have I have a a Boba Fett helmet, and it's similar to that. Like you can wear it, but I'm torn on it, man, because like, so it looks like the cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. It's not cr- like Chrome. Like I, but in my head, like Cobra Commander, his helmet would have been like shiny to me. Oh, so it's, it's a matte silver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's whack. No. Yeah. But I'm sure they're going to release because this Boba Fett helmet that I just bought, I think earlier this year, it may have been at the end of last year, but um, they're they're releasing another one that has LEDs on it so that like so they can charge another hundred dollars for a helmet. And so I'm sure they're going to do that with the Cobra Commander helmet. Yeah, probably. But, uh, you know, they're selling out online instantly, so it'll probably be super collectible and then on right. eBay for like a thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. get it while you can. <laughs> uh, we got some more stuff to talk about. I'll go quick. Um, other pickups for me recently. Check it out, son. Let, we let go, have to you. two modern releases of vintage styled Tiger Electronics handhelds. We talked about this on the show a long time ago because we we saw that they were coming out, but I actually have them in hand now. I got two. I have Transformers Generation Two. I have Sonic the Hedgehog Three. I could have bought the Little Mermaid, but I had limited budget, so I picked these two. And I am serious. Stay tuned to our Twitch channel, and we are going to do some Twitch streaming of <laughs> Tiger Electronics handhelds. You wait. You watch. It'll be fun. 
It'll, I mean, look at the look at these the stream, graphics, dude. <laughs> the stream will be fun. Playing those games will not be. I, I just no. I don't know. Oh, geez. Well, those are pretty awesome. I recently, uh, you know, I was on. Anytime that I drive to and from Key West, something breaks on my car. It's a it's a thirty hour round round trip, right? The, a couple years ago, I went down and it was like a my fan, some fan got messed up, a lot of money. This time, my alternator got messed up, less money, but still a lot of money. Um, all right. So while I was down in Buford uh, getting it worked on, I was like, hey, I'm going to go over and check out uh, Second and Charles and see if they have um, if they have this this record that I've been looking for. I knew they wouldn't, uh, but I, I don't know. I just like going to look and see what they got. And they didn't have the record I was looking for. But then I remembered there's a video game store in Buford that sells that sells records. And so I went over there and they didn't have it either, but they did have the Namco museum, uh, arcade greatest hits. And this record is great and horrible. So this rec, this record, I, I let you listen to the horrible part of it, Preston. Um, but <laughs> it's, it, it basically has, uh, gameplay from Pac-Man, gameplay from Galaga, gameplay from New Rally X, and then in-game music from Mappy, and like so, it's it's like a mixture of like high-score sounds, gameplay, game over, background music, stuff like that. But man, the gameplay in it, like on some of these games, is so bad because it's just like, and it's so horrible. But the packaging on this is great. Look it at is. It's a beautiful release, and and I so appreciate that they made it. And mm-hmm. I so appreciate that you have it. This, however, would not be a one that I would actually spin on my record player. I like I can't imagine like just having those sounds that you mentioned just going on in the background. Oh, oh yeah, it's on vinyl. Um, and it's so good. Like this is my favorite part. It basically has like um the release date, uh, the, the name of the game, the release date, the composer, um, how many players. Uh, you know, stuff like that. The the type of gameplay. I got Splatterhouse. I love Splatterhouse. Man, that the music for Splatterhouse is on here is so good. It's the best. I love Splatterhouse. Okay, so I'd listen to that one. I'd listen to that one, but I would not listen to Pew 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 for seven hours. Yeah, the um, um it, it it's it's a really cool thing. Where what's the purchase say? price on that? Like thirty bucks, probably. I think it was thirty. Uh, it yeah, it was probably thirty. Man, they had they had one record um that was. A hundred dollars used, and I was just like, "It's it's tough because it was Double Dragon two, and it was put out by um, oh I can't remember disc. Oh I can't remember. I I have bought multiple records from the the place that makes these. Um, like uh, I did uh one of the Ninja Gaidens, or it's like two and three. The the music from two and three. Uh, I was looking for the record that had the music from one on it. Um, and like when that was coming out, like I had pre-ordered it on Amazon and then it kept getting pushed back and Amazon just canceled my pre-order and sent me and gave me my money back. Um, so I was hoping that they would Shame. have it cause I bought two and three there. But, um, and then I also got, um, uh, the music from, um, Snatcher, which is like an old, um, an older game that, uh, is really good. Uh, but anyways, uh, so I picked that up, and then when we were doing our TMNT uh, pinball stream, 
uh, I had talked about uh, the movie Shock Treatment. And um, so Does 10 was was in the stream and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, he uh, he works at a, at a video game store in town uh, called Wizards. And he said they, they do they buy and sell games and movies and figures and statues and like all kinds of stuff. And he said that someone had traded in a shock treatment and shock treatment, if you don't know, is the is the sequel is the unofficial sequel to Rocky horror picture show. And that movie, the Rocky horror was such a huge part of my life growing up. I was like, dude, I got to I have to see this movie. And so he said, Oh yeah, we've, we've got it. And so I went, I went and bought it the other day and um, I watched it and I Verdict. thought, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Like I, I came up with a bunch of backstory in my head of like how this movie <laughs> plays with Rocky horror. And, um, and so I think that made it a little bit better because um, you know, it has like a lot of the same cast, but so Brad and Janet are in it, but it's not played by um, Bostwick and Susan's random. But, um, but then Riff Raff, Magenta and Columbia are in it. And I think Columbia's in it, but um they play different characters in my head. They're still aliens, the same aliens. And they are um, just trying to further torture Brad and Janet. And so that made it a little bit more entertaining. Um, the music's not nearly as good as Rocky horror, but, um, but I think, I, I think there was like, there was a lot of like, like parts where I like, I laughed out loud at it. So I'll have to watch it again and see what media it, was this on. Was this VHS or what? No, it was a DVD. And so oh, it, cool. if you want to see it, it's on my, um, it's on my Plex server. And so nice. Yeah. You can watch it. But uh, the, um, I might have to check it out. Cause I, you know, when you mentioned that the other day, I didn't even know that it existed. So that's yeah. new to me. Um, do they do songs or no? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There, there's some, there are like a couple good ones. Um, they, the music in it is very similar to Rocky horror. Like, um, like if you just listen to the music, you would be like, Oh yeah, the same person wrote all these songs and all the music for it. So, uh, but yeah. All right. So I got one last pickup and then we'll transition topics to our final topic. But okay. my one last pickup, I showed it earlier, but, uh, this is Oops. a vintage mask dynamo. Um, I got this off of eBay. It was too much money, um, that I care to share here, but, um, this is from their, I think this is the European box for their later series of split seconds. It was kind of lame. The idea was um, that like a vehicle could spin off and like the ghost or the phantasm of this person could still operate <laughs> the other part of it. I don't know. So you get two figures in one, you get two figures and then you get a vehicle that splits apart into two. Anyway, so I don't remember this, but I just wanted another inbox sealed um, mask thing. I have an original um condor which is a motorcycle that turns into a helicopter i've got that one and i've had that one for for years but i had to sell off some of my other stuff um when we had kids but anyway i want to talk about this because it leads into our next topic the reason i got that is because um it's the central aspect of something i've been working on behind the scenes for a while mm -hmm. so we mentioned convention organizing earlier and um, in addition to the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, uh, my friends Shannon, Mark, and Glenn, we split off and formed our own thing, and we were going to do a convention, a retro nostalgia convention. We talked about it on the podcast before. It was going to be 
um, way back weekend. And it was supposed to happen in May of 2020. And for reasons we all know, it did not happen in May of 2020. And fortunately, um, unlike Southern Fried, the hotel was really understanding and they just let us cancel straight up, didn't have to pay any penalties. Um, and we just said, okay, we'll just reassess later and, um, and reschedule. Mm -hmm. But dude, I don't know when we're going to reschedule. I mean, who knows? So I was super disheartening, but I thought, you know, we're sitting around. It's hard to promote a convention when there's nothing to promote. So I said, let's do something that's cool, something that can use our creative energies um, productively and maybe help build our brand a little bit. So um, you guys are getting a one 12 hour early announcement um, that we are releasing a digital magazine called Retrofied. So our first preview issue launches tomorrow. Our way back, uh, our, sorry, our website goes live tomorrow. Our Patreon goes live tomorrow. But what's cool about this is that this magazine um, that we're putting out tomorrow, it's 100% free. It's 52 digital pages um, that you can view on a web browser. Um, and it's top quality content. Um, our writers that we have writing for us uh, have written for um, StarWars.com, Forbes.com, Sci-Fi Wire, Paste, um, a variety of publications, plus some newcomers. So it's not just me, you know. Uh, in fact, Brian, you wrote an article for this magazine. Tell us a little bit about what you wrote about. I did. Uh, so, you know, you talked about it being a digital magazine, but if you print each page and staple them together, you can have a physical magazine also. Bada bing! <laughs> but, but it's going to use up all of your ink. So, um, yeah, so I uh, I alluded to it earlier uh, when I was talking about different streams doing. Um, and so, you know, the episode or this issue is, um, you know, roughly like loosely based around mask, right? Or masks in yep. general. And so um, in console corner, uh, I did a, um, basically I, I played Kid Chameleon when I was a kid and that game centers around different masks that you get uh, and the masks give you different power. And so um, basically I went back and replayed Kid Chameleon. I did it on stream. I got to a point I didn't finish it. I got to a point that was just extremely frustrating. And um, I, I know that I, I apologize to the people that were watching. My chat was not working. And so I didn't know that people were watching. Uh, so um, I don't remember how mad I got at, at certain parts. But um, I, so I wrote an article talking about uh, Kid Chameleon when I was a kid and, uh, and how um, looking back on it compared to playing it today, uh, you know, whether I would recommend it or not. Uh, so spill the beans, Ryan, spill the beans. Would you recommend um, it? I would not. <laughs> that game is incredibly <laughs> bad. Uh, it is, um, it's so bad that, you know, it, what it boils down to is they just bit off more. They can chew over a hundred stages. Awesome. Selling point. Uh, the problem with that is there's no focus on anything. And so the stages are all really bad, but it's kind of funny because I, I don't think I talked about this in the article, but you know, part of some, you know, 
roguelikes or roguelites or, you know, that kind of thing are, are, is a very popular genre nowadays. And a lot of that has to do with replayability and stages, um, you know, not being the same every time you play through it. The problem with Kid Chameleon is the stages are the same every time you play through it. And so when you're like, okay, well, let me just get back to the point that I was at. Um, I got pretty good. Like as I would get like through stages, it'd be like, okay, like I could get to a certain point and then man, auto scrolling stages are the worst. But the thing that killed me was there's like a, a stage where you're like having to jump uh, very precisely on these like platforms and man, the controls in this game are so loose. You know, a lot of Genesis games were not, Genesis was not known for having tight, tight controls. And so, um, the controls in this game are so bad. I just got to a point where I was like, all right, that's it. I just, I can't do it anymore. I cannot like, I bet you I could have, I did get past it once that point. And then I, I was like, Oh, please don't let me die. Let me just get to the certain point. And cause certain masks you can buy new, you can buy extra lives and stuff like that. Um, actually it's the, this the splatterhouse mask. You can do it. And so, but man, that game is so frustrating. I do not recommend Anyone play I was it. so bummed to edit your article and to read that it was not good because <laughs> I hadn't played it since I owned a Sega Genesis back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you flash up that page with the cover art of the box, and that was so iconic to me. I loved, loved, loved that game. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I never beat that game. Although, right. to be honest, I rarely beat any of the games I own. I'm just <laughs> not that good or invested in the time. But I had such a fondness for that so that when we thought about this theme, I was like, oh, what could I have Brian write about? And I thought of Kid Chameleon because he wears all those different masks. And um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to put some playtime in on that because I love platformers. <laughs> I love the concept of the masks giving you different powers. Um, so I wonder if we'll have different opinions if I got to play it. But um, it doesn't sound like it held up very well. So I'm disappointed to hear that. I, I, You know what? I'm laying out the challenge right here. You have to at least play to the point that I got to. And there okay. are there are warps like from to certain different worlds and stuff like that. Unfortunately, uh, the Twitch the Twitch streams that I did are not up there anymore. So you'll have to figure it all out yourself. So. Oh no! <laughs> well, um, Brian mentioned the theme idea, and I, I neglected to mention that when I was describing the magazine. So e- each magazine where we're going to release quarterly. So this preview issue we'll have to hold you over until we release our next like our actual first issue in January. Um, and each magazine will have a theme. So this preview episode, or issue rather, was a mask-based theme, which mm-hmm. I thought of because of, hey, we're in a pand- pandemic, mm-hmm. we're all having to wear masks everywhere. It sucks, but not everything with masks sucks, sucked from our youth. So I thought of, let, let's talk about some cool stuff and literal masks, figurative masks. So there's a variety of things. One thing I'm really excited about, and the reason I was showing that, um, Kenner M-A-S-K Mobile Armored Strike Command mask toy was because our cover story which if you saw the stream um, we showed the cover my friend Jamie uh, from the Roarbots.com he did us a huge solid and worked and got us a 5,000 word 10 page cover story on the oral history of mask which was the cartoon and toy line and comic book. And he talked to toy designers, prototype designers. He talked to um, voice actors. He talked to the show's assistant director. He talked to comic creators and got this humongous story of masks. And um, 
we're really excited to share that story, but also because we have some exclusive, never before seen concept sketches and prototype images of unreleased mask toys. Um, we have those in the magazine, which are free, which is free to download again, but also we have some additional ones that are available to view if you subscribe to our Patreon. So there's tons of great stuff in this magazine. I'm excited to release it. We've been working on this for months. It launches um, tomorrow if you're watching live or uh, September 30th if you happen to be listening to the podcast. And coincidentally, it's funny, I had planned on launching this October 1 because we have some Halloween content. I've got some uh, Halloween 3, Seed of the Witch content in there, some Don Post history. No, not Don Post. History of Ben Cooper, mm -hmm. the rise and fall of Ben Cooper. Got some of that in there. And I was like, oh, it'd be great to launch around October for like the Halloween time. But we found out in the production, if we moved up our launch one day to September 30th, we would coincide with the 35th anniversary of the debut of Mask. So we thought it only appropriate. So we'll be launching that tomorrow. And I'm really excited to get that out there. If you're interested, check out your free preview issue at Retrofied Mag. That's Retrofied mag.com and all we ask for is an email address uh, we don't solicit anything um, you can choose to get to our newsletter but then you'll just be redirected right there and get uh, access to the magazine or you can subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash retrofied mag and we'll have more exclusive content uh, stuff we don't show in the magazine we've got uh, for the mask stuff we've got the show Bible, which talks about all the character descriptions. We've got some more concept sketches and artwork that wasn't in the magazine. And we'll just have some fun stuff along the way. So there's different levels and that'll be available um, again, September 30th. So super mm -hmm. excited. And Brian, thank you so much for your help getting this out there. I really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, if, uh, if you're watching the show, I'm going to pop up the, the cover again. That way you can see how to spell retrofied. If you are not watching the show and you are taking it in your ears, then uh, one way that you can easily get to that is by reaching out to us on Twitter because uh, Preston and I are both following Retrofied. And so yep. you can get a direct link to, to them. So the way you can get to me on Twitter is at B.E. Grantham. Uh, and you can get back to the show at Wayback underscore Attack. Preston, where can people find you? I am at Squared Stiff, and the magazine we talked about will also be on Twitter and Facebook and wherever, and it's got uh, the handle of at Retrofied Mag. Um, and we love to hear from you. We want to know what you think about this episode, the stuff that we talk about in the episodes, so please send us an email. It, it makes us feel good to know that people listen to the show. Um, and gives us ideas for future episodes. So shoot us an email at waybackattackshow at gmail.com. And check out our YouTube channel. This uh, live video will be posted to YouTube for you to watch later if you're just listening. Um, and then future shows and fun stuff like old commercials and who knows what else will be up there. So check that out as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Preston's not lying. Every day that we get an email... I always look at it on my phone and I'm, oh, I always feel bad. Cause like, I, like when I read it, I don't, I assume, cause we both have access to it. I assume when I look at an email, does it go like uh not when I delete an email? Cause sometimes I will delete emails. Uh, like if it's like a scam thing, sometimes I don't delete them just so you can read them. Um, but the, uh, 
when I look at an email, do you does your alert go away? Yes. Oh, okay. See, so sometimes I feel bad about that because I'm like, oh, I want to see the email. Um, and then, and then, like I said, sometimes I leave up the ones where uh, people are reaching out because they have uh, a great way for us to get our content out to people. And uh, if we pay them money, then they'll do that for us. And I always, <laughs> sometimes I'll delete those, but I usually leave them up for you. Uh, so, but, um, you know, hey, everybody, send us emails and uh, we'll get it back to you later. I hit play. I forgot to cut. There we go. Thanks for listening.